Welcome to the Resume Storyteller, bringing you interviews with industry experts, regular folks who tested the job search waters and succeeded, and strategies to tell your story and land you job interviews. Here's your host, Virginia Franco. Hey guys, I have with me uh, executive resume writer and job search consultant, Erica Recamp. She is a writer and content strategist for Chicago-based career services firm, Job Search Like a Pro. But earlier roles include head senior writer for a global outplacement and career transitioning firm, Challenger Gray and Christmas. She was also a professional training and coaching. Uh, she also worked for a professional training and coaching firm, Empowered Possibilities, as well as EQIQ Coaching. She is a fellow member of the National Resume Writers Association and also career thought leaders. And um, I feel like you and I have become friends. So I've been very, very excited to uh, speak with you. We got to know each other on the LinkedIn platform and it sort of turned into a uh, a relationship after that, which is you know a testament to the power of LinkedIn. And your own friendliness. Oh, thank you. Same right back at you. Oh, so Erica, thank you. Heard my quick bio, but I'd love if you could share a little bit about what made you go out on your own, and um, you know how your background lent itself to doing what you do today. Sure, I always love hearing people's backstories. So that always kind of you can tell a lot about where they're coming from. Um, Yeah, so I actually started in uh, university. I was studying uh, Nigerian praise poetry, <laughs> which is kind of a funny thing to fall in love with, but absolutely. Nigerian praise poetry? Yes. I right. did not know that was a thing. Oh my goodness. Okay, I have to look that up. Yeah. So it's basically, you know, like these poets and they stand on a street corner and they'll say, you know, come up with these poems impromptu, um, you know, wonderful things to build up the community, right? So like, oh, this teacher's walking through the market. She leads our children to a brighter future, you know, and then hoping that, you know, people will drop a a little money in the the bucket, so to speak. Or, you know, our culture is the strongest culture. We need to preserve our culture, remember our stories, and they'll, they'll talk about historical chiefs and things like that. And I just thought it was so beautiful. And just the emphasis on social responsibility, building people up to be better, do better. And I just fell in love. So I did that for a few years loved it but then it really felt like you know as a white girl from the suburbs <laughs> how much of a voice should i really have in that field so i did some ghostwriting but then ultimately decided you know i kind of need to find something that you know maybe makes money <laughs> right and is maybe a little more appropriate right so i just answered a blind ad which you know i don't know how much i would advise other people to do that but it happened to work out and it was the executive outplacement firm challenger grand christmas come to realize writing this content it's basically like the capitalist version of nigerian praise poetry because these people who have been displaced they really need somebody to bring out that confidence, highlight their proudest professional moments so that they are well equipped to get out there and start, you know, contributing to society, making things better again, which they definitely are well equipped to do. You're right. So it's, then the I wound white, up, it's the white collar version of that. Exactly. <laughs> and and how could I have known that? I never would have even known right. to look for that. So I just fell in love with the whole process, then shifted to partnering 
with coaches, finding more about how they wanted it to manifest with their practice, whether it was emotional quotient or empowerment. And everybody's kind of got their own flavor. Um, And then going to the resume development firms. So it's really interesting. All those different um, approaches, you can really see once you start looking at somebody's content, where they're coming from. Like you can sometimes even tell like this person has an HR background. I can tell. This person has a recruiting background. I can tell. Because there are different concerns for every, you know, pain point in the hiring process. Um, and so I loved kind of my my impetus behind going off on my own was bringing all these things together and trying to find something that spoke to every stage in the hiring process, really leveraging the research from each of, each of these you know, segments of the industry to come up with something that really serves the job seeker well and helps cut their job search time. So do you support people across the the full journey? Like do you help with the I know you write their you work with them to write their documents, but do you also provide coaching? That's a good question. So there's so many different types of coaching. Sure. And I know myself and I know my limits. <laughs> I am not good with career pathing or okay. like somebody who needs to process their emotional, you know that can be a really huge blow to the ego, to even your basic functionality. Right. That's not me. I'm not the person you want to talk to for things like that. There are wonderful people, wonderful yes. people who deal with that. I can refer you out. Um, I would deal with the actual content strategy, the job search strategy. So I can give you like insights into how to approach the interview scenario, or what to happen if if you're stalled at one stage of the job search process. So it's really a job search, you know, okay. consultant. So when someone is clear on pathing. what they want to do next and they sort of yes. have figured that out, that's where you come in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if somebody comes to me and they're like, I just need a resume, what do you want to do? I don't know. You're not ready to talk to me. <laughs> right. Okay. Good. That is good to know. That's what I I'm in the same same place as you, but there are wonderful, wonderful people to help people figure out the next best steps. Um, but I'm sure that you see a variety of different job seekers. Um, is Would you say that by and large, the people that you come across with, do you, do you see sort of commonality in terms of a few major challenges that they are facing, whether they are making a career pivot or whether they are getting ready to launch a job search? Sure. I think the uh, something I'm hearing a lot of right now is just that there's so much information out there. Yeah, there's a lot. And they're just kind of inundated and overwhelmed with the advice. And it can be very contradictory, especially when you are... I mean, LinkedIn is such a valuable resource. I love LinkedIn, but it's generic. You know, it's speaking to, you know, a crowd. It's not speaking to an individual customized concern. So it can feel um, like you're being trivialized or it can feel like nobody's talking about what you're worried about specifically. Or it can be misinterpreted, right? If if you tell one person you have to start with a summary and then you have to go straight into the experience, well, if somebody's in the tech sector, you might want to have a tech skills section up pretty right. high. So, right. so some things like that, you really can't be too generic about. And so they get a little confused, inundated, overwhelmed. 
Um, the other thing I see is just that the market is so incredibly volatile. It's really difficult to predict. We're still seeing shifting requirements. You know, am I going to be able to work remotely or are they going to kind of double down? Like even Google pulled back and they're like, okay, maybe not. Or we'll, we'll wait till 2022. Um, and then what's happening? Like these people retired early thinking they were facing, you know, a, a pandemic. Now they're like, well, maybe we want to come back. Um, and they're still not sure what to do with that. Even the dream job scenario, we saw a lot of people, uh, millennials especially, leaving to pursue a dream role instead of being locked into the overworking that they were stuck with during the pandemic. Um, and then how long is that going to last? Is that going to, is that going to take root or is that going to be something that kind of they decide to return to corporate because it didn't, it failed to launch, right? And then are we going to see them re-entering late fall or next spring? So all these things, we're still kind of not sure. Like who has the advantage? We're hearing all these jobs are open, but they're not the types of jobs people are interested in. So it's still really competitive market and it hard is, to predict. You know, and I, I'm seeing that too, where people are like, oh, the world is my oyster. I can explore, I can explore remote jobs. I can explore new career paths. Or can I? Because... <laughs> Are companies going to do this or are they going to do that? Um, just a lot of moving parts going on. Um, and I feel yeah. like decisions are being made by at the corporate level at the very last minute because they're still navigating things. Um, I've never seen, I've been keeping tabs on the job search market for, you know, 20 plus years. I've never seen it in greater flux than now. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. yeah. And even something you think you're applying for an open position, they'll be like, actually, we decided not to hire. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, pause. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that always happened, but it's definitely more. Yeah, it's on steroids right now. I agree. Um, and when, and competitive, you know, I feel for job seekers that when, when opportunity is great, competition is even higher because everyone is in there testing the waters. Right. Yeah. And they, it, yeah. It's it's helpful if they don't, you know, some people are like, take the leap, do a career leap. It's like, eh. <laughs> I like, I like lift your toes, go slowly, right. but everyone's right. personality is different. Exactly. Well, and you got to lay the foundation. You don't want to leap and there's nothing there. <laughs> right. No, that's a really good point. What, is there something that you are finding that people are just utterly surprised by when they do initiate a job search that just has caught them off guard? Um, I think when they talk to me, you know, when I'm having the calls with um, prospective clients, um, they're surprised by how much we can influence reader reception and retention, um, whether it's with ambitious content strategies or whether it's with the power of storytelling, like something that they thought was a major obstacle can become more of a blip or a non-issue. Um, and it's still, it's not to say that we need to ignore it, like especially if you are targeting larger organizations or, you know, that would be more subject to some of the legal requirements in terms of meeting all the qualifications. But, you know, for example, not having a degree People are really surprised. Like, if you target this type of organization, if we frame your experience in this way, it's really not going to be as much of a roadblock as you're anticipating that it's going to be. Um, so, I think that is a pleasant surprise, right? Um, other than that, it's still just that 
that volatility of the market. Like they are really hoping, you know, everybody has that cheat sheet and that <laughs> it's gonna gonna magically make this job manifest. And is it doesn't work like that. It takes a lot of, you know, laying that groundwork, putting in the effort through networking, making sure your content speaks to what you want to do and aligning that with the organization's needs. So I love that pleasant surprise. You're right. There is the power of the written language and the spoken language is is strong and you can you can control the narrative or at least drive it a little bit. Absolutely. Um, no, I love that. I love that. Um so what advice would you give someone who is beginning to explore the idea of leaving their role? Like how would you recommend they get started? Um that's a good question. So I think the first step, which we kind of touched on earlier, is to really get clear on what you want to do. Because without that clarity, I mean, you really can't expect somebody else to uncover something for you. You have to at least figure it out. You're right. They're they're not going to connect the dots at all. Yeah. It's not their homework. (laughs) Yeah. So in order to do that, you want to smooth your own path (laughs) by figuring out what that is. Once you've figured that out, if you need to, if if you don't have the alignment with the role quite yet, that's when you can look into you know building out your training, maybe joining a couple of organizations, um, transitioning some of your contacts to okay. more align with that field, even asking your current contacts, do you know somebody in this field? Um, and then updating... If you have any social proof, if you have recommendations for your current role, updating them. So whether you're changing or not, you want it to be current, right? You don't want your recommendation to be from 12 years ago. And so you and want them to be able to your target. Yeah. Yeah. So whether, even if it's, even if, even if you decide you're staying in the same lane, you still want to update it. You still want to be talking about current initiatives, right? Because it changes. And and they don't want it to seem like, oh, well, this person had contacts 20 years ago and now their network's dried now up and they have zero right. influence in the in the industry. Right. So and then also it can help if your company seems, you know, friendly and, and they communicate well. Sometimes you can even tell them that you're planning to grow in some way. And that doesn't mean like, hey, heads up, I'm going to be leaving soon. That's more like I'm looking for more leadership opportunities or I'm looking to transition from an individual contributor role to more of a sales type role. And I'd like to be able to come on sales calls. Giving them some sense of that can help them feel like, oh, great, we've invested in them. You might actually stick around a little longer. Mutual benefit. And it helps you set you up so that when you're ready to make the change, you have a stronger footing. You know, I interviewed uh, Nicole Shearsky. I think, do you know her? Um, I'm not sure. She's, so she's a STEM, a coach for STEM, um, women in STEM. Okay. And she is a huge champion of what you just said. If you are looking to make a pivot or to take things, you know, or to maybe jump to the next level, be upfront with, you know, start with your company. Um, because uh, some of the bigger obstacles to making a career change are that you don't have experience doing it. And, and it's a much easier, sorry, you can overcome yourself. Exactly. It's a much softer sell. People already know you. They already trust you. 
you're not charging them. You're trying to give away your, 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 you're trying to get experience in exchange for, um, and and for them, it's a win-win. I'm not speaking very clearly today. Absolutely. No, they get the best out of you. The new converts, so to speak, are the most zealous, right? The people who are so excited to be trying something new, they get all of that positive energy from you. Also, if they've just given you kind of like done you a favor, like by saying, okay, well, we really need you to still do uh, you know, tech analysis. You can go on sales calls once a week. That's right. They've still thrown you a bone. If you're willing so, to do in the extra hours, you can get the experience, um, but you don't have to overcome meeting new people and convincing them that you're worth taking absolutely. a risk on doing this. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's that's great. Unless you're you're miserable in your company, then that's a whole other story. But right, <laughs> try. You know, it's 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 a great way to get some experience to help overcome that roadblock. Absolutely, yeah. And then updating your content to make sure it speaks to that target building out that network, interview prep, doing that before you hit the hit the market is really helpful because a lot of times people will kind of be wading through and not really they're and they're just muddying the waters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. So what about the person who doesn't come to you and I, I'm sure I know I get a lot of these who has been job hunting. They didn't do the planning and the alignment and the preparation beforehand. Um, so they have been job searching. It is not going well. How how do you recommend they sort of regroup? That's a good question. And a lot of times it's not where they think it is, right? They have whatever their scapegoat is, whether it's the interview or the resume. And a lot of times it's not that. It's not what they think. <laughs> what yeah. they think. Um, I think really t- kind of writing down your whole process, right? Like, what are you doing? Are you going to job boards? Are you leaning into your network? Do you have a strong network? Are you letting leads fall once you have them, right? Like, are you following up? Are you maintaining the relationship even if you don't get an offer? Um, Is your content generating any interest? Um, Do you have that clear target? Sometimes people think they do and then they kind of dig deeper and they're like, actually, I look like I'm pursuing three different jobs. Um, If you've had no offers or if you've had really low offers, both those things say different things about your content, your process. Looking at that, figuring out where the gap is in that process can help you pinpoint like, oh... My problem's actually in interview prep or, oh, my problem's actually at the negotiation stage. That's where it's falling apart. Um, so just kind of having that written down in a concrete kind of flow, you can more accurately kind of diagnose where that would be if you don't have the resources to talk to a coach and have them diagnose it for you. And then there's the next step, which is having the realism to ask yourself, will you actually change? So sometimes they say, you know, you really, really need to network more. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then they go home and they're like, I'm not going to do it. You're like, I'm never going to do that. Right, right. <laughs> I hate this. So, and then at that point, if you're self-actualized enough, you need to come up with some workarounds. And that might be that you're going to take a long route. It might take a little bit longer. It's your own scenic route, so to speak. But you need to figure out what you're going to actually do, what works for you. And then ride that through, right? If if you're more comfortable networking on LinkedIn and you're and you're more of a passive search kind of person, that's great. You need to know that. If you're really ambitious, you're willing to, you know, show up on site when you know somebody's going to be there, network on person, your your searches are going to look very different. So part of it also is just knowing yourself. You know, you're I actually worked with a um a friend's husband, which, you know, you're always like, you don't want to say no, but you take those on. <laughs> and 
you know, I gave him all the advice in the world, but he, he's like, he, he wouldn't, he wasn't, I, I helped, I tried to coach him on targeting companies, targeting people, outreach, and he just, he, he wasn't having any of it. No. And so I remember having a very frank discussion with him and he's like, look, I'm going to take your documents and I'm just going to apply online. And he did land. It just, it took a lot longer than yeah. I think it would have, but that was his choice. That's where he was comfortable. Um, and who knows, maybe he would have been terrible at the networking and the outreach. He would have done such a poor job that it wouldn't have served him well either. It would have burned him. So, right. Yeah. Or some people are currently employed. And so they can't do certain things. Right. Or or they're really in no rush. Um, So you're right. You do need to know yourself. And I think having that self-awareness does lend itself to your earlier response, which is sort of evaluating where you are in the pipeline. Have you had interviews? Have you progressed past the first round? Have you had offers? Um, And your answers to those questions can help you figure out what's not working. And how, and what's working, what's what's working and what's not working. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I get people all the time saying it's my resume and they, and then I find out they've been to, you know, six phone screens and they don't get past that first round. It's not your resume. So. Right. It's something Um, with your story or how you're presenting yourself or you're giving away something that you shouldn't be. Right. 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 So what about those people that have lots of they're really good at lots of different things. Um, that could be an advantage for many, but I find it's a good it, problem. <laughs> it's a good problem to have, but it is a challenge in terms of controlling that narrative and, and and how you write your documents and how you position the person. What is your what are your thoughts on on guiding people that can do a bunch of different things and could go in a lot of different directions? That's a really good question. And this also really depends where you are in your career and what your targets are. I will say if somebody is, you know, borderline C-suite or pretty high in the exec track or trying to break into the executive track, um, if they have strong networking skills, it can actually help to lean into that cross-functional expertise because a lot of organizations are actually looking for people who have proven ability to deliver results, really understand how it interconnects from one function to the next. Um, and that's just a really big picture skill that you yeah. need to have at sea level. If you don't have the strong network, then it could work against you um, because you're going to be leaning more heavily on the content to generate leads. If you have a clear preference between you know these multiple skill sets, obviously you would pick that. Um, if they overlap, then maybe it's okay to include some of the things that overlap. So for example, sales, business development, key accounts, those are very related. Um, Fleet management, transportation, uh, distribution, those things, very related. You could break those those. down and apply for positions, even if it was director of fleet management or distribution director, whatever. You could apply for both of those roles with the same content. You could make that work. the other thing is really if, important distinction. Yeah. If you if they're completely divergent. So I had one client who she had her master's in library sciences, really sharp girl. She was also pursuing um, certifications in like software development and programming. Okay. And because of her network, because of her location, she decided to pursue the programming. And that so was pick, so very wise. Got, yeah. So you advise them to pick if things are completely divergent. But what she did that was so smart was she asked her inner circle for leads first and followed the most likely track. 
Oh, okay. Yes. So that's something that you want to consider. Like if you truly like both, you truly could do either. You're just an enthusiast and you're just, you know what? Some people are just really sharp and pick things up. If that's the case, yeah. Tap in, ask first, do a little recon so that where, you know, go where you're going to gain the most traction. I love that. Um, And you're right. You know, thinking about, I was thinking back at your your first point um, in certain C-suite roles or on that, when they're well on that executive track, like a general manager, by their very yeah. nature, and the name of that title, they have <laughs> finance, operations, and sales experience. They're expected to be able to do that. Most operations people do need to have some financial skills. Right. Um, chief revenue officers still need to understand a little bit of operations. So um, you, I, do, I, I think there's an opportunity to lean in to that in conversations, but also a little bit in the documents. So, yeah, and that really, like I said, it really depends on how heavily you're going to lean on the content to be generating the yeah. leads. If you're focusing really heavily on that, then you do want to be careful about the keywords really pointing in one direction, and then maybe saying, "Well, yes, of course, I have operations experience. If I'm a general manager, of right. course, I have." You know, no, I think that's really wise. Um, what about this is something that um, has been, it's always been an issue, but I feel like it has been, you know, it's gotten, it's proper, it's becoming more high pro, it's become more high profile and well-deserved. Um, we There's a lot of talk about discrimination when it comes to hiring practices and that spans all the isms, ageism, racism, gender, you know, all of it. Um, what are your thoughts on, on how, so actually, let me rephrase it. How are you helping clients to navigate this? Sure. So I feel like there are two camps for these issues. There are the idealists and there are the realists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in my opinion, it's real and it's very slippery. Um, so the idealists might be like employee advocates or people people with a people and culture background where they're really... Um, wanting to see the best and assuming the best out of people, which is great as a default mode. When you're job searching, I think it's really important to dig into the research, operate within the parameters that exist, be mindful that that they are looking at certain characteristics in work history and screening people out. Be mindful that, you know, whether we... Whether we like it or not, we are going to be subjected to certain preconceived notions based on how we look, how we present ourselves, right? And it's kind of the difference between bring my whole self to work and bringing my best self to work, yeah. right? You do want to exude that you don't come with baggage, that you're not bringing problems. And how do you do that in your content? And how do you do that in the ways that you present yourself? Um, and so my approach is to tell people flat out, this is the, the ugly news. This is the, these are the things that somebody could, not necessarily will, but could come to a conclusion by seeing, you know, maybe somebody has seven, six to nine month tenures, right? Whether we like it or not, some people will not consider that candidate. How can we address that issue in the content, yeah. right? You identify and, and communicate the yellow flags. And then that's up to them. 
if they want to adapt, you know, I'll give them a couple different choices, ways to handle it. And then it's up to them what they're comfortable with. Some people are fine with, you know, really aggressive content strategies like, okay, let's combine these positions. Let's do this under a subheading of, you know, distribution roles and, and then just list them there without dates. Some people are like, you know what? If I get into a room and somebody says, don't say purple elephant, that's the first thing I'm going to say. <laughs> and, right, they, right. and we need to handle it differently. But pretending like it doesn't exist or saying it's that the responsibility of the job seeker to push back, like saying, let's normalize whatever. Or, you know, dear job seeker, you just be you. Things like that. It's right, like, don't oh put my up gosh. With that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going through so much already. They're vulnerable. They're downtrodden. They're they're fighting tooth and nail to get what they deserve. That's, and that's not everyone's their choice responsibility. Whether they, want to, whether they want to take on that advocacy role or not. Right. And and are they in a position to do that? Like if right, you're right. getting if you're a software developer, sure. <laughs> You're getting called every month anyway. Like, but, but there's a lot of age discrimination in the software development crowd. I've been hearing more and more about that's it. That's true. So, that's yeah. true. That's also true. Yeah. So, and then there's a, there's a fine line between you want to address it. And then you also want to flip it to be an asset, right? So both of those things can happen. It's not either or. Yeah. Because no, they're still right. going to meet you in person. <laughs> That's right. At some point, right. You can't on paper, it's easy to do to um to mitigate the yellow flags, but you do need a strategy if if you want it or you or then you again determine I, I'm not gonna target these companies because I don't want to deal with that. Right. Absolutely. So, no, thank you for that. Um what about let's say that someone comes to you. And I remember getting this all the time when we were, when our, my kids had sports where they would go, oh, this is what you do for a living. So I'm going to start job hunting. What do I need? Um, what are what are two tools that you can say, this is what you need to embark on your job search? What would you, what would sure. you name those as? Sure. Okay. So number one, and it seems weird that I would even say this, but a resume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually a point of contention at this point. <laughs> Um, with people wanting to just do the TikTok video or do the video resume or just You're lean on LinkedIn. Print a resume like, that can be read on a mobile device. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's still the the number one piece of content that people use when considering candidates. So yes, you do want to spend some time and attention on the resume, whether you do it yourself or or you hire somebody, that that still is the primary piece, right? People can execute a job search without LinkedIn. People can, you know, make it work without even a network. They can do it. Is it going to be as seamless? No. (laughs) Um, And it's going to be a lot slower, but you can do it. So I still think the resume is the first um, step. The second one I actually think is a progress or content tracker. Um, Because... Without that, I think it's really hard to keep momentum. And positive momentum is so important in a job search. Um, And then it also helps you decide when is it appropriate to follow up? Like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize it had already been two months since I reached out to that person. And you don't, it's, you know, that usually there's a lot of things going on in a job search. So unless you have that concrete, you know, outline telling you, this is the date you last 
spoke to them, maybe it's time to message your email, make sure that they're still aware that you're interested in the position. You need to do that. Um, and then, you know, honorable mention is still LinkedIn. It's like a hundred tools in one, and not taking advantage of it is kind of, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, it's even if even if you do not use the cutting edge content strategies, you can still use it as a research tool for uh, contacts and companies. <laughs> so, you know, go ahead, figure out that platform. There's so much to do there. Now, those are all good calls. The um, the progress or the content tracker, it's amazing how fast you can lose track of names, dates, um, companies, uh, and without a document to be able to put your finger on it instantly. Or the things that, that you've learned in the pre-screening call, like that weren't in the job description. Right, yep. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, there was something. Yeah, so even... Uh, jotting notes down in the margins, making sure you print those job descriptions if they take them down before you get a chance to talk to somebody. Yeah, having all of that at your fingertips really helps keep you on track. Yeah, because it starts to blur together. Um, and and in terms of the momentum in job search, job search has lots of ups and downs. And for me, that content tracker can help you to celebrate the little wins. Yes. You feel like you and haven't got see... anything done. And you're like, well, actually, I met two people for coffee and they gave me this these two names and that's that's a win. That's huge. And I've exhausted these leads, right? I, I right. checked these out. I decided this wasn't a good fit. That's still valuable. No, really good point. Really good point. Um, so this is one of my favorite questions. Is there something that drives you crazy, crazy nuts when it comes <laughs> to mishaps? Job seeker, um, client. So we kind of touched on this earlier, but the thing that drives me nuts is when... They come to you with like a stalled search, like two years they've been struggling or they burned all their leads and you're like, oh, and they'll always say, I wish I'd talk to you sooner. <laughs> and you're like, me too. <laughs> so that's just frustrating because you know they're serious about it. Maybe even they already invested in in resume development or or went through outplacement, but it still wasn't the right fit or they are you know, talking to their neighbor or <laughs> so that's, it's really tricky um, finding the right resource, but you, you just want to consider, you know, you wouldn't go ask somebody on the street, like, is this a cavity or yeah, right. you know, get, get the really generic, you know, a lot of the, the newbies are posting really generic things that were like, well, yes, you know, you should network. I mean, and that's the, the equivalent of, you know, somebody telling you, well, yeah, you should floss. Okay. Well, yes, you should. Sure. But, how, how, but yeah. And yeah. What else do I need to do? Let's go a little deeper. If is this is a cavity, we need a little more. <laughs> right. Right. Um, that's funny. Uh, what drives me crazy is when they come to me and they have a resume and they never used it. Like there's nothing more annoying to me than having great a great set of documents and they do nothing with it. Um, they yeah. make that huge investment and they just sit on it. But yes. Yeah, um, not using the resources or yeah. they'll edit it. They'll yeah. be like, yeah, yeah, no, I know I paid like really good money for this, but but Joni over at the pick and save said, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and you yeah. changed it? What? <laughs> yeah, or I read online that this. Um, yeah. So Eric, you have a lot going on. I know you have um, a large family. You are running a thriving business. What is, what's next for you for the rest of 2021? What are you excited about? Sure. I appreciate that. Um, 
I've got a number of presentations. I try to do a smattering um, just as a social services mission to get some best practices out there to as many people as possible who maybe can't afford, you know, high-end services. Are those in um, person? There are some in person and then there will be some remote. Yeah. Okay. So I try to post those on LinkedIn or on my my profile page because LinkedIn doesn't like <laughs> those announcements. Yeah. But those are coming up. Always watch for those. I try to work those in occasionally. And then I'm working on, speaking of more cost-effective options, I'm working on some digital products. They're in beta stages of testing. Um, they're getting looked at by some graphic designers. So I'm really excited about that. Never done anything like it, but I think it can it can really help a lot of people. Oh, that is exciting. Um, so if people want to keep up with you, learn about your events, find out about these projects. I have included in your bio links to jobsearchlikeapro.com and then also to your LinkedIn profile. Are those the two best places for people to connect with you or are there others as well? That's great. Okay. Yeah, sometimes I'm on Clubhouse, but yeah, it's just uh, checking the, the feed awesome. <laughs> to see where I might be. <laughs> awesome. Well, Erica, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Um, I just... I love your take on things. I can tell Thank that you, you have years of experience doing this and you, you, you go deep and you give actionable advice. And I love it. <laughs> You've been listening to The Resume Storyteller with Virginia Franco. To learn more about storytelling strategies to catch the eye of today's online CM hiring and decision makers, please visit www.virginiafrancoresumes.com.